Brought to you by The Book Exchange. Use code BX4FINAL4 to save 25% in store or online at bookexchangewv.com. Recorded live in Morgantown, West by God, Virginia, and across the world with your hosts, Kevin Jones, John Flowers, and our lovely co-host, Ashley. This is the Final Forecast Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Final Forecast with me, your host, Jay Flo. Got my guy, Kevin Jones, with me. Lovely co-host Ash is out, but it's not her fault this time. For some reason, we are doing a 9 a.m. interview <laughs> with a very important special guest. Super producer Dave is here. Hello. Shout out to him for setting this up. I mean, it probably wouldn't have happened without him, you know what I mean? Because uh, you think you know some people and then they just ignore you. I mean, <laughs> No, it, what it is, John, is that I'm nice enough and work with the people that put the schedules together. You just go in and go, oh, I need to do an interview. <laughs> yeah. We're about to a great start. <laughs> well, special guest, new head basketball coach at WVU, Josh Eilert. Thank you, Josh. Sure. I'm the country boy. <laughs> How are you doing, gentlemen? What's going on? Hi. How you doing? How you been? I'm doing good, doing good. I'm not, KJ, I just saw him sipping some wine. Uh, oh no, um, this is just grape juice. <laughs> this is just grape juice. So we got two ends of the spectrum here. We got some wine at the end of the night and we got uh, Jay Flo's just waking up here probably having some coffee over at Edward Jones. I've been up since 6 a.m., baby. I've been working, I'm a working man now, you know what I mean? No, you got kids, that's you're, the deal. You're, you're, oh yeah, that's true too. You're, you're interrupting my working day. <laughs> Why 9 a.m., Josh? Why was is that you or is that just the media? That's the best time of the day. Oh, I guess they I mean, why, why why eight o'clock at night when you can spend time with your family? You know the deal. Yeah, right. I know, yeah. On the average day, uh, what time do you wake up? Like, and is it any different than when you were assistant coach? No, I mean I I, I stay pretty, uh, I mean pretty consistent with uh, what my my schedule's been. You know, six thirty, seven o'clock. I'm up and at them and. And seeing the kids off, you know, I probably don't. These kids these days, they have to get on the bus by 6.15, 6.20. <laughs> so my two older ones, what I call my OG kids, uh, you know, they're, they're out a lot of times before I get out of bed. And, and then maybe uh, I can I can put Teddy on the, on the bus at uh, 8.10 if uh, I have a slow day that morning. Teddy, that's my guy. Josh always gets me in trouble. For, when he was an assistant, he used to always for some reason somehow just found ways to go to the park whenever my wife was there and my wife always asked me like why don't you go to the park josh goes with his family why don't you go like, i gotta work i don't know how josh finds the time <laughs> i sneak over there at Krebs park it's only a minute away yeah. have lunch with the family every once in a while there's nothing wrong with that it's a good balance man you gotta learn to learn to balance it it ain't gonna work if you don't yeah that's what i'm working on now just the the, the work life balance you know what i mean well i know you get dinner cooked for you every night i, I see that on on uh, instagram she i can't it. believe she's still cooking for you she, she just really appreciate it she, she finds stuff on tiktok and just experiments with me like I don't, it's good sometimes it's hit or miss you know well i haven't <laughs> seen that 
I haven't seen Violet. She hasn't uh, complained yet, so. <laughs> She's not allowed to. <laughs> not to. But Josh, how's it feel now to be in the so-called it's hot, hot it's good. I mean, it's settling in. It was uh, it, sometimes there for a while. It was it was hard to really wrap my head around. You know, I'd wake up every morning. It's like, damn, I'm the, I'm the head coach of the Mountaineers. I had to kind of shake it off and and like realize like this happened fast. Yeah. This happened really fast. And and I, I was on a podcast yesterday, and I hate the way it went down. It, it, it's it's not the way we all expected a Hall of Fame coach to, to end his career and, 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 and step away. But, man, it's, uh, it's been an absolutely incredible opportunity for me. And I'm super grateful for the opportunity and excited for the opportunity. And, and I'm ready to carry that torch and, and do right by Mountaineer Nation. Um, so when did when did your name get put in like the in the ring for the job? Like, did you did you always like one? I I mean, I guess that's a stupid question. Of course, you would want a head coaching job at some point, but did like did were you even thinking about being a head coach, or were you just like were you thinking about trying to go somewhere else once the whole thing went down with hugs, or like how did that go about? Well, I mean, I didn't. It happened so fast. You know, I was on the road recruiting when everything went down with Coach Huggins in Pittsburgh. Uh, so, you know, it happened so fast. And, and obviously, from an assistant coaching perspective, we were all like, the best thing for us to do is get back to, to Morgantown. So, you know, we kind of, I was in Louisville, Kentucky. I, I hustled back and, you know, things were happening. Uh, Ren was meeting with the team. He was meeting with the staff. I didn't even, me and uh, Demar Johnson didn't even make it back in time. So they had to zoom us in. Uh, to kind of meet with us so um, you know sure you know the way I've always looked at my career do the, the best job you possibly can at the job you have so I was trying to be the best possible assistant coach uh, at the time you know I wasn't thinking about being a head coach you know it's always been my aspiration certainly but uh, I was trying to do the best possible job at what I had and, and bring as much value to the table and to the program to coach Huggins and, and to the program at, at West Virginia uh, men's basketball so it happened fast you know I was having I wouldn't say I threw my hat my name in the hat I think uh, you know immediately after those meetings occurred Ren came to me and and looked at me and said hey can you help me and uh, I need you somebody to you know take charge over there and kind of hold everything together because we're having a national search to figure out who our next uh, head coach uh, will be and at that point I had you know I'm thinking Certainly, I'd love to be involved in the conversation, but you know, I have I have my boss saying hold this thing together. I don't have any other options. I had eight nine days left in my contract. I said, okay, I'm gonna do the best possible job that you know you know I've been given. He said, try to hold it together. I'm gonna hold it, hold it together. And through that whole week, you know, I continued to have conversations with with Ren, and he was very forthright and, and honest about the situation and two or three down days into the process you know I'm having a conversation with Ren you know hey uh, can I have those conversations and put my name in the mix because I want to be able to to uh, have my voice and, and heard you know throughout this process and he said absolutely you know before this is said and done I'm gonna sit you down and you'll have your chance to uh, you know you know put your put your name in the hat and, and sell yourself as the leader of this program That's what's up. Yeah. Whose I've, podcast did you do before us? I saw all of them. That's all I heard. You, I've done a lot of them, Josh. Yeah. Wow. 
<laughs> I think that's one of the big things uh, you and the program have received a lot of praise for, wow. especially on social media, is even though the graphic had a giant interim uh, logo behind it when you were announced, that this is not a team that's approaching it like it's an interim team, that this is like right. the coaching staff, the coach that's going to take this program forward. And I think that's just one thing that fans have really uh, taken note of everything that's gone on. And, yeah, I don't look at it as an interim tag. Yeah, it motivates me, and but I don't look at it as an interim tag. I look at it as I'm the head coach for a 10-month period. Now, there's three months have passed, so I'm a head coach for seven more months. And uh, what I do with that, I can't control all the outside noise. Uh, I have an opportunity to move this program forward. And if it's not me at the end of the day, it's not me. But I'm actually super grateful for the opportunity to keep the ship afloat and leave this program better than, than when I found it. And there was a lot of obstacles and a, and a lot of things that I had to go through to, to get the, the program where it is right now to more stable waters, so to speak. But you, you mentioned that the interim tag. I mean, I put in my office, and if you guys been in my office yet, uh, KG haven't, but a big picture of the press conference. And in the background of me speaking at the press conference is a huge uh, TV screen with interim on it. So I stare at that every day, you know, it's not lost on me that I still have to prove myself every day and the staff that we put together, we have to prove that we, we have, you know, we, we've earned the job. So, um, and, and I use it in, in recruiting all the time. And I say, Hey, sense of ur urgency, we have a sense of urgency, like no other staff across the country. There's, there's staffs out there with three, four, five year contracts. We're here, we have seven months. We have seven months to figure this out, to put this in the, put ourselves in a position to hold this job long-term, but also leave this program better than where we found it. Do you feel the pressure? Absolutely. I mean, if, if you don't feel the pressure, uh, you're probably doing, doing something wrong. Uh, there's certainly, yeah, I try, to, I try to control it, but I certainly feel the pressure. I mean, there's 1.8 million people that live and die by Mountaineer sports. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel the pressure to, to do what's best for the program and, and, and take it to a new level that, uh, I don't know, we've, we've, we've had a lot of success here. You guys have both been a part of that success, and you know how, um, how far we can take it and what it's capable of. It's a, it's a sleeping giant. And, yeah, we have, we're navigating a lot of uh, changes, whether it be NIL, whether it be transfer portal, whether it be conference realignment and, and the changes in the conference. So, um, you know, I'm not stuck in the past. I'm just trying to move forward and, and change and adapt. And, and you, you guys have been in that weight room how many times? It's, it's uh, adapt or perish. Yeah. It's the first thing you see every time you walk in the weight room, adapt or perish. And, and we got to adapt and figure out how we, we move forward. So. I got to uh, – oh, go ahead, John. You just want to say something? No, nah, adapt or perish is on and off the court, right? Like just culture-wise, dealing with the kids that you're recruiting and, and stuff like that. That's what you mean, like coaching style and – everything right yeah 100 percent. i mean you uh you gotta you gotta move along and and um there are certain changes you have to figure out and, and adjust to and, and figure out uh you know if things aren't working you, you gotta adjust there's you gotta figure that out there's there's rumors that there's no more uh treadmill there hasn't been yet okay there hasn't been. <laughs> and our, wait not only that hour and a half practices is that true too 
We haven't even started official practice. You know, it's it's preseason. Hey, these, hey listen, to... this is this is just a don't blame don't ready? blame the you're messenger, ready? man. Ready? This is just the... there's there's called a thing called compliance. You get four hours on the floor per week. You guys probably don't remember this, but back in your day, we got about two weeks of full time practice before we we had our first competition. Right now, it's, now it's totally different. You get thirty days of practice in the forty days prior to your first competition, so you can structure it however you want. But those, that's when on the 25th, we can start practice uh, where we can go three hours. Okay. Now it's, it's, it's pretty much structures to it's uh, two on, one off, two on, one off uh, until you get to that first competition. But the rules have changed. And I don't know if you guys stayed up to date with the rules, but that's kind of how it's structured now. So you didn't answer the question now. Are you going to practice three hours or not? <laughs> you, keeping that, you keeping that close to the vest? Well, it depends on what I need. Like, right, I, I, got I, got, you. I got to test the situation. If I if I'm behind, I'm going to certainly use three hours. I got Syracuse. you. That's whether it be in the dome room or whether it be uh you know individual development that you know I might hold off you know 30 minutes of practice and shorten it up a little bit and give my assistant coaches where they have great assistant coaches and they're very good at what they do hold off some of that time to where they can have individual time with their guys uh, throughout the day. Yeah, I don't know if you could. You could do that with these players now. You got a you got a few spoiled ones on the team. That's it's, I mean that's that's that's, how, with, that's different with the I mean you guys used to fight for your next meal. Yeah. <laughs> really? Now now they'll walk right by it. That's <laughs> crazy that they oh that was you wanna know what's crazy? I got reprimanded for eating some what? food in there. And that in the <laughs> I got, it's, it's been that nobody wild. else ate. <laughs> Well, John, let, let's tell the whole story, which I, I didn't reprimand you. No, you didn't. No, Josh didn't. It wasn't Josh's. Are we going to name names? I mean, who reprimanded you? Uh, it was Ronnie. I got the message from Ronnie Everhart. Ronnie Everhart. <laughs> the... He was the enforcer. Apparently, John went in. The, the guys weren't even had a chance to go eat yet, and John ate all the shrimp. He took all the shrimp. That's Come on, bro. I KJ, I took all the shrimp. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> Does that even sound I, right? I don't. This is it's ridiculous. Got a family to feed. Man, this is ridiculous. Like, I don't, I'm not sure Violet got any of those shrimp. <laughs> Somehow, you know, it, a story came out that I, I took all the shrimp. It's been, it's been a rough couple couple of years for the final forecast. We love you. We love y'all. We gotta keep y'all. But shout out, shout out to Josh. I've never seen KJ take all the shrimp. No, I, I, I try to stay that's my thing is like i try to stay away like if i'm off like hey kid it is you know the guys didn't eat whatever they got some left over i like all right cool but i ain't just gonna walk in there and just like i own the place like some people i know <laughs> i will say the funniest thing I saw in the summer was uh jonathan holton was coming out and was like dave get a picture and in his hand is like two clear bags full of like chips and Gatorades. <laughs> and he was just like yeah and just running away John, <laughs> he does crazy. But uh, yeah, hugs always. You know, until we pissed him off, he was always. Uh, he still is. I mean, always a fan of the, the guys, keeping the family together. And Josh, right. Also, like when we were going through that after our uh, interview with, uh, what's his name? JB. Yeah, Jalen Bridges. <laughs> you know, you don't kinda, know his name now. <laughs> I lost. You forgot church. his name. JB. Yeah. Who so, Who is the mediator? You were you were Gosh. definitely the mediator. You reached Gosh, out to the both either. parties, so I appreciate that definitely. Josh's like, what the hell is going on? 
don't fall apart now. You just <laughs> <laughs> Josh kept everybody together, and, and that just well, goes to speak to, you know, you've been in Morgantown for, what, 14, 15 years now? Got here in uh, June of 07, so it's been a full 16. We're going on 17. That's crazy. Dang. Same, same amount of time as we've been here. I mean, and like us, it's been a home to you. You made it your home, and I know it was kind of freaking you out when the, the news came from about the, the, the coaching change that you might have to leave and you might not have your job anymore. So that's just, you know, added pressure. How do you you deal with that type of pressure as far as? I think the hardest thing through that point was probably, it was, I, I always had confidence in myself wherever uh, life takes me. But uh, the hardest thing was probably looking my kids in the eye, looking my wife in the eye. Mm -hmm. And that stability that you thought you had and, and you thrived on that stability and your kids thrived on that stability and that foundation, it started to, to crumble a little bit. And trying to, you know, as a father and a, and a husband and uh, the man in my house, trying to, you know, calm the waters there to say, hey, things are gonna be fine. We're gonna be just fine. No matter where we land, whether it be here or somewhere else, we'll figure this out. And, and that was my biggest concern during that process. And, and I, have, I have two things in my life. I have my family at home and I have my family here and in my job and my work here at uh, West Virginia basketball. So uh, first and foremost, during that time, I had eight, nine days in my contract. Uh, I was certainly gonna keep coming to work and try to do whatever I can to calm the waters here. But uh, I also had a big responsibility with my family and, and figuring that out as well. So, um, yeah, and like I said earlier, it happened so fast that uh, you just do what you can to, to control what you can control. Yeah, I'm, I'm – go ahead, Casey, you got something? Oh, no, what were you going to say? I, so, I, I, I mean, I was basically the first call you made, you know, you was like, hey, when you got the job, you was like, hey, you want to be an assistant. But I was like, nah, because I don't have the patience for, you know, these new kids, you know what I mean? They prima donnas, I don't have the patience for that. The fans sometimes, you know, they get on you. I mean, you were at the football game this this weekend versus Duquesne, and Neil Brown got some chants. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm glad those ended fast. I mean, you don't want to hear that. That's, nah, yeah. What were the chants? You talked about. I wasn't that. there to experience. What were the chants? F. -nil. I don't even want to repeat it. I mean, the good thing we got a nice play and, and the uh, first down, we moved on and and things word. started turning the right direction. But yeah, people could they could go I mean, down quick. <laughs> So, I mean, that's why, I, personally. Now, why would I, I call you for, I mean, at that point, you were almost finishing your test, for your your, uh, your investment test, and you're about to do money. big things. And pass, pass all the tests, and you still won't let me invest your money. It's crazy. <laughs> it's wild. No, I tried. I gave you a deal, but you haven't uh, pulled through on it. Yeah, I've, I've been busy. I got to get in the office. You've been busy. That's why we're having a energy hey, yeah, at 9 a.m. You know, I tried to... Uh, try to educate him on, on expense ratios and, and, and front loads and, and sales <laughs> loads. I wanted to pick my own investments and, and go against his and, and whoever won can, uh, uh, you know, he can have some of my business. But uh, and you didn't, you didn't take him up on that? You were scared? No, nah, I, I definitely took him up on it. We, oh, okay. We just, I just haven't. He's dragging his feet it's because he knows, uh, he knows. Well, we know September, historically September and October are like the worst months in for the market, so I'm just waiting for that to well, wait for my time in the market. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a so I had a question. So um, 
because I know everything was hectic, especially after it went down. So it kind of made it hard for recruiting because nobody really knew what the situation was. So, like, what was the hardest thing to do? Was the hardest thing to recruit or to keep the guys to keep the guys that you already had at school? Because for me, if I'm a guy that's like thinking about going to WVU and I see all the changes. And I see you that, like, you know, once Coach Hugs was there, you know, Hall of Fame coach and everything, and now it's you there, like, no disrespect to you or your coaching, but I don't know you like that. So it's like, why should I come to your school? Like, what was your pitch to guys on, like, the stability of the program? Well, I, I mean, first and foremost, to answer your question, the, uh, the hardest thing was probably the leverage that the players got. Mm -hmm. And the players got so much leverage in the process that they had 30 days to, to transfer and be immediate, immediately eligible. Mm, yeah. And so trying to figure out who you bring in and whether it makes sense to bring them in and disrupt the whole uh, flow of what you got going with those guys that are sticking around with you. So you had to be very uh, sensitive and mindful of that because they had all that time to, to uh, make that decision. So you didn't want to push too hard on bringing people in uh, when they could 100%, uh, you know, another guy could hit the portal just because of who you brought in uh, during that uh, during that time period. So we took it slow and easy. First and foremost, we tried to, you know, recruit the guys that we had, you know, on our roster, and that was our priority. Uh, but then once we started seeing some some some, you know, a solid base there, then we started going outside and trying to put one piece at a time uh, into the fold. And it was hard because in the meantime, we're trying to run practice and, and do everything else. And we're sometimes we were out there with five or six guys and and guys are looking around like, whoa, I mean, our roster is is depleted. And Kerr had left to, to, to go to Estonia and he had every intention to play for his national team. And Jesse was overseas in uh, the Netherlands playing for his national team. and. And all they were seeing uh, was what they were seeing on social media. Mm -hmm. They didn't see what was happening every day inside the program, and so they were getting a little uneasy, and we were trying to, to manage all that at the same so time. You, so you went over there. Boss move. Yeah. yeah that's I tough. Mean, that's, I like that. <laughs> I like that. I mean, that was just as much for me as, as it was for Jesse. And, and um, you know, we, we recruited him, and it was a short recruitment, but – we were supposed to go to Italy with our team during that first 10 days of August. That was supposed to be our, our uh, you know, our foreign trip uh, dates this summer. And I pulled the, the plug on that and pushed that back a year just because we didn't know where we'd be throughout the summer in terms of recruiting and, and finishing out a roster. So uh, we, we, we I, I said, I got the idea with the staff. I said, hey, we're going to have some time here. Let's go visit our own guys. And so I jumped on a plane, and, and I had every intention of going and seeing Kerr, but his plans changed, and, and you know, that Estonia and Latvia weren't far apart, and I was going to do that. And, and But I spent the day with, with Jesse and his national team, and, and they, they welcomed me with open arms. And I really enjoyed the 36 hours I was with them, and it was a short time, but uh, it was awesome. It was awesome to see him and his, his uh, teammates, you know, competing and representing, you know, his country. Like you, you was just doing whatever it took to – I mean, that just goes to show you was doing whatever it took to, you know, salvage this season. And I've, I've been there, like, 4th of July. You're making calls with guys. You're going to go see them in the middle of barbecues, trying to get people to stay. Um, 
what do you think the biggest loss as far as a transfer was? I mean, Trey's very talented, uh, and, and he can bring a lot to the table. You, you get in Trey, and you're really physical with Trey. I mean, he struggled, and he his, he lost his aggressiveness. Uh, I wouldn't say we replaced Trey, but uh, a cook is um, at the four position can do so much that, that Trey couldn't do. Now, there's some things that Trey could do that a cook couldn't, but I really think we shored that up um, very well. Uh, backup point guard-wise, that was a huge loss because, you know, not having Joe Toussaint um, and I, we had every intention of Joe and Kerr both playing side-by-side side at times and then backing each other up, and, and both of them really deserve starting minutes. So that was a hard one to, to negotiate, um, having two alpha point guards, you know, you know, rightfully so, fighting for, for, for you know, the same min minutes. So not having a backup point guard, that's where I'm, I'm struggling right now. Uh, we have Jeremiah Bembry, but he's got a long ways to go just because, you know, he's never played one bounce in college basketball. And you guys know how tough that is, uh, walking in and trying to be relied upon as a freshman and really you haven't got there. Uh, I, I was good, but go ahead. Yeah, of course. I mean, you won a couple games by flinging that thing up there for <laughs> Flinging that thing up there is <laughs> But, I mean, not having a backup point guard, it's got a lot of experience that's going to that's gonna hurt. Um, uh, but uh, we're looking at several different options there that we can we can shore that up. Um, but, yeah, and, and also Jesse Edwards. I mean, when we brought Jesse in, I think it, it scared off some of those bigs because Jesse is so dominant and he is an alpha male at the center position. So, um, you know, Jimmy immediately saw it. And he realized that he's probably not the starting five here anymore, and he's fighting for backup minutes. Right. Jimmy bailed before all of this went down, uh, and 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 put himself in a position where he can, you know, better himself at Mississippi State, and everybody understood that. Mm -hmm. uh, but not having a backup big when when James and and Mo left, I mean, I really thought Mo, uh, I could see him, you know, really thriving in what my vision was. So not having Mo, um, it, that one kind of hurt and I had a really good relationship with him. So to answer your question, that backup point guard and that backup big between Joe and, and, and um, Mo Wabu was probably the hardest ones that uh, we had to navigate. And I mean, with, with Mo, people would just, no amount of money would have, it wasn't about the, the money, was it? It was just, I don't know. I mean, I know people were just throwing him money, like, yeah, stay, stay. I mean, it's not always, I mean, grass is always, not always greener on the other side. He's got to start over once again. He's got to, uh, you know, build his rapport with that coaching staff. He's got to build that rapport with his teammates. And he's got to figure that out on his end. And, and I wish all those guys nothing but the best. I never hold a grudge when, when guys leave. That's not my my uh, my personality. I want... I want all those guys to succeed. I mean, if, if if we don't, we're doing we're not doing this job right. You know, if if it's not here, it's not here. Um, of course, when when Joe Toussaint and Jalen Bridges and they, they all come to Morgantown, you know, it's it's going to be a little more to those games. But um, uh, otherwise, I want those guys to succeed. You talk about um, you talk about your vision for your uh, for the team. What is that? What is um... I mean, I don't know how much you want to expand on the, your playing style or how you want to go about the games or what you're looking for when you're recruiting, but what is your vision 
for this year's team? I want I want to play way faster offensively, and I, and, and I, I think our spacing had something to be said in, in the past, and we I, I want to do a lot more pick and roll action. I mean, between Kerr and Jesse, uh, those two are going to be a special combination in a pick and roll. And uh, there's a lot of actions. And I said it earlier, we want to play fast. So we're drilling everything. Let's play fast, 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 quick decisions. But I'm not, I don't lose um, the fact of where we got here. We got here hanging our hat on our defense, you know, and, and Coach Huggins was a mastermind of defense and, 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 and making sure you guys, you know, understood that that's how we're going to win games if shots don't fall. So I'm trying to carry that torch defensively. I, I don't know if I ever get to the point where I'm as good a coach defensively as Hugs ever was uh, because he can motivate like no other. Um, but I want to carry on a lot of his principles and, tr and try to take a lot of things away and really um, uh, dig into the team scouting-wise and, and, and whatnot to try to take everything away that they're trying to do. Up the passing lanes, denying all that stuff still in effect. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get to a point where we're so far up the line that we're getting back cut all the time. Uh, you guys were in line, up the line. I'm more like, don't take away your vision in line. I want you to have an arm in line, in line so you can run through balls. But once you start losing vision, that's where it gets really hard and you're relying so much on help side. So we're not so much up the line this year. Yeah, we're more, more like in level. Line. Like yeah. So I mean, we could have. We was up the line because we had supreme shot blockers and myself. I mean, I, I can only speak for the, the final four team. By myself, Sags, shot blocker. Will you get back to uh, press Virginia? Not this year. I mean, we don't have the. We certainly don't have the personalities and the, and the personnel to do that uh, this year. So I mean, you know as well as I do. You can't. You got to be who you are. Right. And you, you got to uh, maximize who you are. And we don't have guys that can pick up full court and us be successful. So um, you, you got to coach to your personnel. I mean, there's certain, certainly if in the recruiting, if, if it's a long term deal and we get the right guys in here, I would take a look at that and take a look at uh, Preston again. But it's got to be, it's got to make sense. I feel like Press Virginia was a moment in time. I feel like it's, the moment is kind of over now for Press Virginia. Not saying that you can't get back to that, but to capture, like, to have a JC and a Dax, like, that's two different, you know what I mean? Besides the other guys Tavon, who started, you had Tariq. Yeah, Tariq, Tavon, John. You, I mean, you know was, what I mean? Like, you don't. talk about Jonathan Holton on the ball. Like, he was crazy. Jonathan Holton, <laughs> Nate Adrian on the, on the ball. Nate like, Adrian. You don't just come by those guys like all the time, so I I don't know. I I'm not saying you can't get back to that, but I think it was just a moment in time. Like I think. Yeah, thing. I mean, we we still show that video all the time, just all his black blocks. I mean, whether we're, you know, in a recruiting meeting, sitting down in, in the in the conference room, talking about different. There's there's guys that can't do that. No, just, yeah, they no don't way. they don't come very often. He had some of the most superior timing and shot block timing that you know I've ever seen. And, and guys were how much how much confidence did their guards have uh, of getting up in people when they knew if they got beat they had sags <laughs> ultimate eraser it's crazy yeah. Dang. and we, I mean we got some guys that can help uh, um, protect the rim this year Jesse can protect the rim a cook can protect the rim but uh, the biggest problem is, is the guards in terms of can they pick up full court and really put that pressure on 
what's yeah. what's your uh what's your coaching style I'm, I'm interested to to know like are you a yeller are you a because you you a you more laid back you know what i mean like you'll you'll speak your mind when it's time too but you're a little bit more laid back so i'm i'm curious what's your coaching style well i mean i gotta i gotta be who i am yeah. i'm not i mean if this is gonna work i gotta you know coach to my personality i'm i am laid back uh but i have a redheaded mother so <laughs> what yeah, yeah, a little bit more of a temper, right? You know? <laughs> so it, it comes out of me every once in a while, and, and um, it uh, I can I can flip the switch pretty pretty quick, but it it takes a lot to get me there. Mm. So who do you, who's designated as that on the on your coaching staff? Like, I know for us we had who's the hammer? Yeah, who's who's who? I mean, you still got yeah. Who's the hammer? Who who do you got? Well, apparently, Ronnie is the one that, uh, which uh, Ronnie's in a different role right there. He's a hammer to make sure the shrimp don't leave the building. <laughs> no, we're, I mean, we're figuring each other out. I mean, we're, we're in a big, uh, you know, teaching mode right now, trying to figure out, let those guys know the expectations of what, what we expect every day. So um, we'll, we'll turn it up as we, you know, as you grind on them every day and they start uh, missing out on the things that you, you've coached them two or three times before, that's when things like turn up. Yeah. It's like you say things over and over and over. It's like, how many times are I going to tell you? Yeah. And that, that we've done that with John over the years and he finally <laughs> gets it. It took him a while, but he's still doing that it. with John. He's still that's doing right. it. But to hugs, then we didn't see. When Hugs first got here, we didn't see the real Hugs until a Tennessee game, the, the first really? tournament. New Jersey, New Jersey. Yep. Yeah, I was the there. <laughs> Me and Truck was in the locker room after going. that game. <laughs> that was the first time. I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> this is who, <laughs> this is who we're dealing with for the next four years." God, don't worry, I got my guys coming in next year. <laughs> kick you guys' ass. <laughs> yeah, it was, God, it was. It was crazy. So I mean, I, I think. I forget that KJ wasn't here the first year. No. Nah. Me and Truck, me and Truck had came to that game where y'all lost against Tennessee, and we came uh, at the, um, the after the game speech. Woo! We was like, we looked at each other like, man, this is that's gonna be us next year. <laughs> he told us that <laughs> he couldn't wait to get us out of there. And get KJ and <laughs> basically, <laughs> did he lie? Did he lie? We nah, used it. We <laughs> We used it as, you know, us back then, back in my day, we used it as re like reinforcement, positive reinforcement. We used negative reinforcement to be better, you know what I mean? So everyone had the mentality like, fuck you, hugs. Like, you know, we're not, we're not doing for, going for that. Like, I'm going to prove you wrong. I think what it did was bring you guys together. Yeah, yeah. It brought you guys together. As soon as the coaching staff left the locker room, you're like, you bonded. You're like, man. What well, it did was make through. them hate us. They hated us when we came in. They couldn't wait. Like they couldn't. They couldn't wait to beat us middle. They couldn't wait to get an offensive rebound, straight That's line right. drop. They couldn't wait. And yeah, then truck shows up, and then now he's yelling. If uh, when you see two five, yell because <laughs> he's getting beat. <laughs> but, so uh, I mean, I don't know. as truck got in there, these guys were legends. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know if you could. Coach the same way. About the, the treadmill, KJ. Did you ever get on that thing? Nope. Yeah, of course. My more of my fresh my freshman year was the most I got on it, just because I was learning everything. That was my that that was my whole thing. Is like we already did so much. 
I didn't want to have to do extra like punishment. I was just like, all right, you told me to do this, I'm gonna do this. Like I'm not trying to do anything. And then you gotta get right back in the drill. And then That's you gotta the get right. I tell people this all the time. They don't believe me. I'm like, yo. And the thing is running, so you gotta catch it while while the treadmill is gone. It's no joke. I think we we talked about that on the last episode. Like it built. It was like military training, so it built like your mental toughness more than anything, you know what I mean? So in the fourth quarter, this is nothing, you know what I mean? Because right. we're used to practicing three hours a day, four hours a day, and the fourth quarter, the games come easy. So how do you adapt to that? We are embellishing this. We never went four hours. Excuse me? I don't know. <laughs> we went some three, three and a half. I know that we, for sure we went three and a half. We went an hour before, then started over. So I know we went four hours for sure. For sure. But yeah, but, but you can't coach like like John like you can't coach like that no more, can you? Like, it's, 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 yeah, the it's a whole times have game. changed. Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta figure out these guys have too much leverage; they can bail too quick. Uh, um, you know, there's there's like we've talked about nil earlier. I mean, guys are walking by, walking by meals, and they, they get every everything they want. How so you, uh, I think I think it started with Chuck because he what, what was it your last like practice case day? He just walked out. <laughs> It's just, Our uh, last dude. practice. I don't know if Josh was there, so uh, Hugs wasn't oh, there. Yeah. Oh, you was there when uh, me and me and Chuck stopped running because Coach Harrison was running the practice and, yeah. and Hugs yeah, wasn't there. And he just, bro, he was on one that day, and I was, and we just got tired of it. <laughs> we looked. <laughs> Coach Hugs was so mad at me. Like when he came, I was like, oh my god, we, we got we got our two leaders walking out. <laughs> Yo, he was so mad. I don't know. Just that day, just kind of. I know Truck's personality, but I never would have saw it out of Kevin Jones. So Kevin Jones is walking out. We have a big problem. Bro, but nobody, everybody was mad at me. Everybody expected that from Truck. Nobody oh, was yeah. mad at Truck. Everybody was mad at me. Kevin Jones is falling <laughs> Truck out of the building. <laughs> Hold on, he showed it on film. Huh? He showed it on film, like the practice. Who? Like y'all walking out of practice? No, no, no. We didn't. So we didn't walk out. We stopped running That's at, at right. one point because. Coach Harrison was making a. This was right before we was about to play Gonzaga in the in the NCAA tournament. So Coach Harrison was on one like that day. I'm like, bro, like you wilding right now. So we just we just stopped running. Well, I I eventually went back and and finished the run, but I was like, nah, I'm not running no. <laughs> so that's that's who started it. I mean, that's it all started with K. It all started. It all started. Like that generation. They that boycotted. Generation. I thought they're gonna sit crisscross applesauce <laughs> over the <and> line. <laughs> But no, no. <laughs> well, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So what what game are you looking forward to the most this season? I mean yeah, I wanna get started. I mean I'm excited to get started. We got we got a scrimmage in, in mid mid October. We got a charity exhibition game versus George Mason, but um I can't wait to just get in front of everybody. Uh, get the Coliseum packed and um Pitt at home is gonna be huge. Uh, who doesn't wanna you know, I don't want to let our fans down by any means. I want to put the, the best best product out there and and send them home packing with a loss. And and yeah. you know, K State, my alma mater, coming to to Morgantown. That's going to be special for me, obviously. And so, you know, those games you see them on the schedule. But you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. You know, I'm just really excited to get in the Coliseum and, and show off what we've, what, you know, our work and and where we're at. So. Um, Hopefully it goes well, and, and you guys don't throw a for sale sign in my yard. And, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
get me out of town. Well, Flow, you still selling real estate? I mean, I don't want to see your Flow, you my know, wife, my wife is, housing, uh, whatever it may be. Don't like, just start walking down the sideline during a game, just hands your card and be like, yeah, here we go. Let's talk to my wife. <laughs> my wife. My wife's a real estate agent, so you know who to call if it gets next. Yeah, there you go. Now nah, we don't want you to leave more in time, regardless, oh, no. you know what I mean? But it's going to be crazy. We're in a real transition period right now with the team, with WVU Athletics in general, so... You know we're really hey, we're in this together, man. I like like you know we talked about family earlier. You guys are family, and all the former guys that ever you know poured the blood, sweat, and tears for this program. You guys are family, and we're all in this together. We're trying to move this program forward. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, go ahead, Kate. No, I was going to ask. So um, we haven't talked about the. I mean, we talked a little bit about the coaching staff, but Deshaun Butler, Jordan McCabe. Um, Alex Roof, Demar Johnson, all former players. Demar didn't play at um, uh, West Virginia, but he played at Cincinnati under hugs. So, like, the comf- how how much more comfortable is it that you have these? Like, you got like an all star team of young, hungry assistant coaches. That like when I when I was there, the workouts that they was doing, I was like, yeah, we wasn't doing this like when we was right. <laughs> when we was working out before so you got the top of the top right now so like how much more comfortable has that made you made your job knowing that you got people that you know know what they're talking about who played the game and you know they ultimately have like your best interest they want to see you win yeah i mean that, that's been huge for me i've realized i can't do this alone i mean i need to surround myself with great people and young energetic people you know that was first and foremost and, and whether it be, you said DJ didn't play here, but the other three have, mm. and, and they played at a high level here, and and, and this place means something to them. Um, you, you can go somewhere else, and they you're, they look at it as a job. These guys look at it like every day, I'm bringing everything I got because, you know, they got skin in the game. Uh, there's equity here. Uh, they can they build an equity stake in this program and what we're doing. And so... You know they're pumped. They're they're excited. They bring the energy every day, and that was kind of my my main goal. One to find high character guys uh, that that care and and aren't going to do the wrong thing off the court, um, but uh, guys that want to come in here and work and bring the enthusiasm, the excitement, and and players feel that. Uh, you, you mentioned it earlier. Players feel that when when we're walking out there excited and ready to go, and and you could feel like. Uh, the staff might lace it up to say and even, you know, go at them. I mean, uh, we have one of the youngest staffs in the country at the Power 5 level. I, I would assume might be the youngest staff. Um, so I don't see that as a negative. I see it as a completely a positive. Uh, Got to ask, how's a Raekwon battle going to look? I mean, is it, is it promising? Mm-hmm. You never know. I think it's a very, very – we have a very promising case on it. I mean, it, it's – in my mind, if you knew all the details and the NCAA really dug into his story, it'd be like rubber stamp, done, next next waiver. Um, but uh, I worry about you know what's going on at North Carolina and, and th- that football waiver that's, that's making all the news and whether they're going to dig in or they're going to uh, you know you know calm down a little bit with some of this and say, okay, this is about the student athlete. Let's 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 realize that the problem. The problem being is they let all these waivers and they rubber stamped them for a couple of years. And then they tried to put the cat back in the bag. Meanwhile, the, the players and the student athletes were like, yeah, I want a better situation for myself. So they're bailing on, on a second transfer 
and now they're trying to to hold those guys back. Mm. So who who are you hurting? You're hurting the student athlete, and all they're trying to do is you know better their situation and, and, and better their their livelihood. Yeah. That's why I was gonna ask who does the like who what who does the responsibility to own this fall on to get somebody cleared? Is that WVU? Is that uh, Raekwon's old school, like who, whose responsibility is that to get that? It's been a team effort around here trying to gather all the information and all the documentation. It's, it, I think in the NCA, it's all about documentation. You can put forth a, a whatever summary of, of his life and his situation, and, and but if you don't have the documentation, especially with the mental health labors, uh, you're probably not going to get it. But his story is unique, and I hope you guys really dig into his story because, you know, being the first ever, you know, he was the only Native American to play at the NCAA tournament last year. Oh, wow. uh, he, was, he was the first uh, uh, from Tulalip tribe in Washington. He's the first one to ever play Division One basketball. And that's another trip I made to, to Washington to spend a day with him and his family. And he is a complete inspiration to everybody on that reservation. Every little kid uh, is running to his arms and just gravitating toward towards him like a like a complete hero, which he is a complete hero to those people. So he has a lot of pressure on him uh, to succeed, and 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 he's got a lot of people following him. And it's a special story if you really want to dig into it. And that's his story, and I hope he uh, opens up and tells it. Yeah. So I got y'all winning 22 games, Josh. I mean, mm. not to add to your pressure. 22. Mm. No pressure from J Flow is is a lot, you know. But 22 is a lot. 22 is a lot is of games. Is that 22 going into the into the selection Sunday, or 22 overall? Overall. So that's Sweet 16, right? At least. How many games you got them winning regular season, like uh, before Big 20. 12 tournament? At least twenty. Okay. You got thirty. You got thirty-one games before the Big Twelve tournament. 20, so 20, 20 and eleven. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at twenty and eleven going to the Big Twelve tournament. What was your uh, What was your goal for the to make the schedule? I, I don't think I have seen like who all you guys have, but like what was the goal? Because I know hugs always have like a top ten RPI and all that. So were you like, yo, we playing whoever, or you wanted to kind of? Well, I mean, you got you got to understand these schedules are done far in advance. Oh, yeah, yeah, last, so it was already. Last five years, our schedules have been done, uh, the first schedule done and released uh, out of anybody in, in the country. Right. So we worked with, I, you know, I was, as an ops guy, I was working uh, for hugs behind the scenes, making sure I'm grinding on those, those net rankings. I'm grinding on, uh, you know, doing it strategic to where we put ourselves in a very good position to where we're not playing really high net teams that are going to drag us down, but also playing games that we can win and, and we're not going to put ourselves in a bad position. So I didn't do this schedule. I'm going to have to give uh, some credit to Trent Michaels on this. Um, but this was in place prior to, you know, me, you know, taking over the job. Gotcha. Um, so we got D nice on, on this. We got Darius Nichols on the schedule. Yeah, we got Darius Nichols on the schedule. Nice. I see that. No, but it would have I, you know, I probably would have done more buy games, more guarantee games, and give myself a more of a, a position to, you know, build up and be successful and, and rack up some wins. That's probably the approach I would have taken. But it's is a tough schedule. We got three buy games, then we go to Fort Myers and we play SMU, and then uh, 
either Virginia or Wisconsin. And then a couple of days later, uh, or whatever, we got St. John's coming in here, we got Pitt coming in here, and uh, we go to Springfield and play UMass, and and then the Big 12, you know, Ohio State, you know, there in Cleveland before we go to the Big 12 play, and and I got first look at the the Big 12 schedule, which it hasn't been released yet, and it's going to be a bear. Mm. It always is, but and the first thing you look at is the the rest days disadvantage advantage in terms of uh, rest because this, we do so much traveling and and if if you have if a team has one more day of rest going into a competition then they're usually going to have an advantage yeah and uh, from what I've grinded on we have four disadvantages and three advantages uh. there's teams that have five to one and you can probably guess who that is it's going to be wild it's going to be a wild ride. Can you guess, KJ? No, I don't. I don't know. Who? Uh, the Kansas Jayhawks. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes and it's, sense. Be, it's mainly because I guess those guys play on on Big Monday so much, and the Big Twelve week off when when you can play Saturday, Monday, and then you have basically Tuesday, and Wednesday to 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 regroup, and you can still have Thursday and Friday to to prepare for your Saturday opponent. Uh, it's, it's quite an advantage. So we still haven't won in that place, huh? We're not going there this year. Oh, we're not. Okay. I no, they got to come here. Uh, that would have been a big opportunity. They haven't really won here either, though. So they haven't. that's good. No, not really. Josh could have been the first coach to win in there. I mean, he still can. I mean, but we won year, uh, as a GA year. there at K State. We beat them in Allen Fieldhouse uh, January fourteenth, two thousand six, fifty nine, fifty four. So you remember when you went in the Allen Fieldhouse. It was 18 years ago. <laughs> 17 years ago. Jeez. Damn. Oh, that's great. I don't think it's that bad. I mean, I think I would have. our team would have went in there and, you know, got it. Yeah, we did definitely. A last-second Deshaun Butler three. Well, a last-second. What was there, seven, seven uh, game winners that year for the, for the Butler? Yeah. That's crazy. crazy. How, well, so what, has he been – How's he been doing on the on He's the been side? awesome. He's been absolutely fantastic. He's been by my side through everything. And and we kick, we, we bounce ideas off each other every day in terms of the offense. And, and I'm going to lean on him a lot uh, on the floor because he is so good. And it was, it, was, it was special, man. I remember the phone call like it was yesterday. I'm like, man, I'm going to make this call, and I really hope he, he's all in. Uh, he was with the New York Knicks and, and settled in pretty good there. But – I really hope he, he wants to come back because I want him by my side. And yeah. it was a no-brainer from my perspective to make that call. And, and thankfully, like, he couldn't get here fast enough. And, and he had belief in me and, and vice versa. So it's, it's, been a, it's been a great combination between the two of us so far. That's when I was a, probably the smartest move you made in the offseason. So. Is that right? And Jordan McCabe, how did yeah. that come about? Well, Jordan was coming to work for us anyway. Right. Um, I think there was a little bit of confusion as to what position he would have been in, but uh, throughout the whole interview process, I told Ren, I said, nobody deserves to be in a spot to where, you know, they're out on the streets with, whether it be a, people that are already here with eight, nine days on their contract or somebody that was coming in and moved here from, which Jordan did from across the country to be part of the program in some form or fashion. I said, nobody deserves to be in this position. Uh, and I said, you know, all, all these guys, you know, have a lot of value. And 
I can work with them all and, and Jordan had a great relationship with and was part of bringing them in anyway right. and I was like you know let's let's do this and he's gonna be, he's gonna be great from a recruiting standpoint just because he's just got such a, a following yeah. and I tell people all the time uh, he went with my son to Memphis to the basketball academy so 400 of the, the best uh, players in the, in the country went to Memphis for this college basketball academy and he was chauffeuring uh, my son, but also recruiting. And my son came back and he said, Dad, everybody, all these kids that I'm around all day long, they keep asking me, like, why am I with Jordan McCabe? They all know who he was. So, I mean, he's got that presence out there. He's also a very likable person. Like, you get to know him very, you know what I mean? has a lot of manners, very nice to everybody that he comes in contact with. So yeah. that goes a long mm -hmm. way as well. And there's a reason he's got that type of following is because the person he is and he's authentic, he's genuine. Uh, he doesn't, I mean, he understands his place and he, he goes about things the right way. And, and it's a testament to him and where he's at in his life right now and how it's happened so quick for him. So what do you, so what do you say to the people that, that say he's not qualified or hasn't put in enough time as a coach? I know I'm just, I, it's just, a, no, I'm just asking the question, like, cause there are people that's like, okay, how, how did yeah. he, cause he doesn't have any prior coaching experience. So it's like, what do you say to those people? I mean, he understands that. I understand that. I, I argued for years, even when you guys were around and I'm sitting there trying to work up the ladder and always wait for somebody to believe in me. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had the, the capability, but you know, you fall into this, this whole rabbit hole of like in the business, it's like, you have to do this, that, the other before you can get there. Right. Well, I don't believe in that. And, and you gotta be the biggest knock on me is he's never had any recruiting experience. Uh. Well, what is recruiting experience? I mean, you go out and you make relationships, you develop relationships. And if you do it the right way and, you, and you, you make good, authentic, genuine relationships, it's going to be to your benefit. Uh, just because it hadn't been on the road doesn't mean I can't go do it and be successful at it. And that's the way I looked at it, and I always remember that. I mean, I'm going to put people in a position that I think they can succeed, and I knew right off the bat that he'd be good at what he's doing, and, and he's knocked it out of the park so far. So what? So will y'all have like a back venture? Like, how is that going to work? As far that as is you? something you know. It's, it's come to mind a couple of times. We have a lot of staff members, and and the, the Big Twelve only gives you twenty seats, mm -hmm. and we always had kind of twenty one because Hugs sat on the stool, <laughs> so we kind of got away with uh, an extra seat almost everywhere we went. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, I mean, there's certain places you're not gonna allowed to have any back bench, but uh, it, it'll be a. a quite the task of managing who's uh, who's where on the, on the bench. Who's going in, on the trip and who's not going on the trip. That's, yeah, that's going to be wild. Something else you got to There's plenty of seats on the plane. There's just not plenty of seats on the bench. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's going to be wild. <laughs> Any thoughts on that as far as who's on the back bench, who's on the front? We'll figure it out. Yeah, he's gonna announce that uh, to us instead of the coaches. <laughs> <laughs> have to find Breaking out news. Jason Butler on the back. <laughs> I, I, think he's, I think he's gonna be uh, front and center. I don't think you have to worry about Deshaun. Yeah. yeah, I mean uh, that's just something stuff you gotta do. I mean, I was wondering. Um, last question for me. Uh, you know, y'all talked about it earlier, like expectations and everything, and like what is your, what is your um, example of having a um 
a good season? Like, what is your vision of like what a good season will be? Yeah, expectation of what a good season will be for you. Good question. I think it's for me, like personally, it's it's NCAA tournament or bust first and foremost. We got we got to make the NCAA tournament, and you you guys have lived it. So once you get there, you kind of got new life. So. First and foremost, our goal is to make the NCAA tournament. If you're not in the NCAA tournament, you can't have all these lofty goals of winning a national championship or, or getting to the Final Four. So uh, we, we've tracked it over the years and we'll continue to track it. Like, how are we getting there? What is our path to getting to the NCAA tournament? And uh, given everything we've done this, this offseason and how we've tried to manage it all, and, uh, and you know, there's a lot of things looming over our head. Uh, in terms of uh, whether Raekwon's going to be eligible and, and some other things that are kind of in the hopper that you know we're concerned about whether what our roster's going to look like and how we're going to have to manage it. Uh, but yes, that's that's the expectation. We get to the NCAA tournament, and the, the better we play and the better uh, job we do to get in there is the better seed you're going to have and the better path you're going to have to be successful in the NCAA tournament. But for me, I mean, it's a complete failure on my part if we don't get to the NCAA tournament. Gotcha. So no yeah, like no it. certain numbers that you, like 20 wins, it's like, okay. I don't think of it like that. Okay. I just think, of, you know, short-term goals, like how are we going to win the day? Okay. You know, right now we're, we're so far behind, probably a lot of other teams that probably all traveled foreign tour, tours and, and got their, you know, five, six games in and, and they felt each other out. I mean, we're – in a time frame that a lot of people are all doing individual work, we're like having real practices and putting in offense and, and playing against each other and trying to feed off each other and learn from each other to figure out how how we can build that chemistry. Because we are kind of behind in, in that regard uh, because you know some of our last pieces have showed up in the, in the last week or so. Yeah, I think the chemistry is a big part. I think. Like when I see the guys are always together, like when I see them around town, like they're together and it kind of reminds me of the Final Four team. Like I was that guy, you know, KJ, come on over, you know, I got some some girls for you, some drink, come hang out, whatever you want. Just keeping the guys together. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, I think the chemistry is, is getting there. It's, that's the challenging part because you got all new players from all different places. So. I think yeah. that's the challenging part. Now, if I can just get through a practice where I don't have, you know, an Edward Jones employee walking across the, the middle of practice. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a practice. It didn't look like there's a shooting free throws. Yeah, we have a five-minute break between mid-practice mid where everybody shoots free throws <laughs> and gets a drink. And then here comes John Flowers, you know, waltzing right across the middle of the floor. <laughs> I was like, I was like, y'all, I asked, I was like, are y'all practicing today? He's like, we're yeah. in it right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're in the middle of it. I was like, oh, shit. My bad. But uh, you know, all, about, all about family and, and bringing our guys back. But, you know, that, he just crossed the line. One, you know, one day he's doing all the tramp, the next day he's walking right across the practice floor in the middle of practice. But, Josh, that's what I didn't like, like, before. Like, if, if there was a problem, you know what I mean, no one ever came to us and just said, like, yo, don't do this. It was always someone told somebody, and then it got back. So if well, you I ever can, have a problem, I'll be, I'll, I'll be upfront. <laughs> I can be blunt. I have no problem being blunt. Uh, I would appreciate that. Thank you, you So, coach, I got one thing for you. Um, what do you say to the fans that are kind of unsure about the new season or don't really know what to expect? Because, like we said, everything's new. 
what would you tell them um, about why they should be excited about the season and, and, and all that? And then why are the fans so important to be there for the success of the team through the season? No, I'd just say give us a chance. Um, you know, show up, give us a chance, and, and I think we're going to prove you uh, wrong if you have any, any doubt. I think we're going to, you know, put our best foot forward and we're going to represent this state and, and this university at a very high level. Um, yeah, there's going to be doubters and there's going to be critics, and I understand that, and it's, there's so much outside noise, and I'm, we're just going to keep moving forward. And, and yes, they are important. Every, everybody sitting in that Coliseum is important to our success. I mean, you know, everybody, you guys have lived it. it the difference between playing in an arena with seven or 8,000 compared to 14,000 is, and, and your energy level is, is night and day. And so the more, more we can pack that Coliseum and have that support and feel that support, uh, I think our guys are going to thrive on it. And so, you know, I just, I just hope everybody, you know, if, if you have the doubts, then, then give us a chance. Give us a chance to prove you wrong. Come out and support us. And, and if, if in the year, if, if I'm not the guy, then, you know, John will put a, a for sale sign in the yard <laughs> and we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, just like when all the news broke down, I was happy to see that someone, that they put someone in, in the head coaching seat that knows what West Virginia is about. And, one thing I can say about Josh is Josh knows what the state of West Virginia is about. It's blue-collar working people, and he knows that the team is going to mirror that. You know what I mean? So I know he's going to have a good representation of West Virginia out there. And, uh, yeah, just have some patience, man. Don't don't let it be one one game like Kevin Jones and Ashley and try to replace <laughs> the quarterback. Yeah, we yeah, yeah we're gonna talk about that another time though. Yeah, how do you like the quarterback now? Okay, so is he, is he, is he good he, or I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he's good. He had he scored four touchdowns against Duquesne. I don't know if he's good. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to I was trying to tell John, I'm like, okay, if you beat up on somebody cool, that's like having like fifty points against uh freaking whoever, No Fork State and then against Kansas you only have five. So how can I how can I judge like how good you are if it's like you know what I mean like you don't show up against the good teams like was anybody expecting to lose to Duquesne all I'm saying is just give it more than one game I, all I'm saying is that he had a I can admit he had a great game like he played a great game but at the same time it's like that just okay so you told me not to go off one game you don't go off one game either don't go just because he had a great game against Duquesne don't go <laughs> oh now all of a sudden he's a great quarterback Give us let's, some time. That's all I said. Just give us some time. Okay, yeah, we'll move on. Let Coach go because we're Good. about an hour into this now. <laughs> That's the boys have read. I try, another man. Time. And then John goes, oh, David interrupted me. But I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, the one that looks yeah. after everybody's time. Well, KJ's got to go to bed. I do. I got to go to work. Beauty sleep. So, yep, Josh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, good luck this season. You know, we got your back. Y'all having Midnight Madness? Uh, I'm not sure what the marketing's got in store. I'm, the Midnight Madness, those things kind of went away. Yeah, I mean, yeah. um, wow. I'd certainly like to change things up, but, you know, I think the, the, uh, what we've done in the past is, you know, kind of run its course, but hopefully we can get some fresh new ideas and, and, and do some other things to get out there in the community and get in front of our, our people. You don't like Midnight Not Midnight. I mean, it doesn't have to be at midnight, but. What, what we've done in the past is the Golden Blue debut. Yeah, contest. Yeah. You got some you got some springy guys on the team this year, I think. Yeah. 
Why did Why did he go away with the dunk contest? Jeez. What happened? Well, we all know why the dunk contest didn't work very well. You guys practiced for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won. I won one. So that shows the quality of the dunk contest. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got warmed out real fast after that. <laughs> we had Joe Alexander, <laughs> Devin E. Banks, but. KJ, you got something? Nah, man. Just like John said, we wish you all the best of luck, man. Couldn't have uh, couldn't happen to a better guy. I think you're uh, the right person. John wanted uh, B-Line, but I campaigned for you. So I was like, nah, Josh is the guy. But then John was like, nah, B-Line's the guy. I'm telling you. I was like, nah, Josh, they got they to go with Josh. So I'm glad I'm glad I have my, my way, my, my choice. And I know you're going to do a great job, man. And, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be supporting from over in Japan. Very good. Thank you, man. And wish you nothing but the best over there in Japan. Appreciate and it. look forward to watching your progress and, and uh, do big things and make us proud. Appreciate we'll, it. We'll do the same. But this has been another episode of Final Forecast with me, your host, Jay Flo. I got Kevin Jones with me. Yup. Shout out to Josh. Appreciate you coming on, man. Good luck. Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it. You guys are always family and always welcome as long as you don't take the shrimp or walk across the... (laughs) Walking on eggshells. And Dave.